I swear I have already recorded this intro and I cannot find it anywhere on my computer. So here we go, take two. I don't know if you can hear in the background my boyfriend's cat, which we'll talk about in another episode because I was not a fan of a man with a cat, but I've really changed my mind on that one. My boyfriend's cat is playing inside of a plastic bag in the background and we are home alone. I think she's eating it. I feel like a cat playing in a plastic bag is potentially the equivalent of a young toddler doing the same. But what I wanted to say is that if you are listening to this, our first ever digital downloads are now available to purchase on the Open House website and they both relate to anxious attachment. How to manage your anxious attachment style when dating and how to communicate word for word your anxious attachment style to someone who is important to you in the dating phase. So if you are listening to this episode, then I can guarantee you that these PDFs are for you. The Ultimate Guide is a 30-page therapy-backed PDF. It is full of infographics, diagrams, self-reflection exercises, activities that you can fill in to help understand how and why your anxious attachment style shows up in the way it does for you. And the script is a 12-page PDF that covers word for word how to structure a conversation to have with someone important to you to share your anxious attachment style, when you should do it, how you should do it, and why you should do it. But the reason that I'm recording this intro is because when we recorded this episode that you're about to listen to, we hadn't finished the PDFs. So we maybe don't give away quite as much information as we could have in this episode, but now we have finished them, run them past our VIP beta cohort who are testing everything before it goes out and giving us feedback and making sure that everything is covered and nothing is missed. We just feel really confident that we've created something that we know is going to be the next step in your healing journey. So if you have listened to our Anxious Attachment podcast, this is what comes next for you. It is a very simple stepping stone. Anyway, enough from me. Sorry about the ruffles. Ruffles? That's, is that a word? Sorry about the ruffles on this intro. Um, I'm in bed and I've been moving the microphone around and really I should have it stood up so my sound engineer is going to tell me off. But honestly, it's 8pm on a Friday night and I just can't be bothered to re-record this because this girl, you know, I don't have much of a life and tonight I'm going to try and have one. So I'm going to go out. Anyway, hope you guys love this episode. Let me know how you got on. Let me know if you buy either of the PDFs or both and just message me. I love to hear from you and I'll see you on the flip side. Oh, also I just realized I was saying ruffles with two Fs, but it's Russell's, R-U-S-T-L-E-S, rustling sound. And I was saying ruffling. Honestly, my brain is not the same after having dengue fever. Anyway, love you guys and I'll talk to you soon. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Open House Podcast with me, your host Louise Rumble and the incredible Dr. Terry, clinical psychologist, celebrity relationship expert and ultimate guide for you on your dating and relationship journey. Today, we are getting deeper into the anxious attachment style. Now, if this is the first ever episode you've heard on anxious attachment style, you need to go back to episodes 38 to 40, where Dr. Terry and I did a couple of episodes that blew up on anxious attachment style. Ever since we've done them and over 70,000 people have streamed them, we've realized that everyone listening is not alone in what they're feeling. And we also have had a ton of requests from people saying, please, please, please do more. So Dr. Terry and I are working on an incredible Healing Your Anxious Attachment Style course that we cannot wait to release in a couple of months time. But until then, today we are going to be discussing how to handle your anxious attachment style 
well when dating. And taking that one step further, we're going to be going through Dr. Terry's six-part therapy-backed process on how to navigate the attachment style during this dating period. We are also so excited to share that today we have finally launched some incredible PDFs to help you on this journey. These can be purchased through the show notes on both Apple and Spotify, which is also going to be linked in those show notes and on social media. So jumping into the fun, fresh and juicy part of this episode, the bit that we've all been waiting for, we're going to talk about how goddamn crazy you can feel when you have an anxious attachment style and you are dating someone. So I know that I am not alone with that horrendous landslide feeling when the person that you've just gone on a date with, they haven't texted you or they're online and your ticks haven't gone blue ticks on WhatsApp. It is not a nice place to be. I want to start today's episode by asking Dr. Terry, why do anxious attachment styles and dating not pair well together? Great question. And the answer is because when we have an anxious attachment, we look to other people and relationships as sources of validation and reassurance instead of what partners and dates are supposed to be, separate people that we are supposed to get to know and form a connection with slowly over time. So we enter these relationships looking for someone who will be able to give us reassurance and validation. That starts from the very first interaction. So if we end up liking someone or are attracted to someone, usually that anxious attachment will kick up right away. We start obsessing over when will I hear from them? What do they think of me? Do they still like me? When can I see them again? And you can see that all those thoughts do not help us regulate our nervous system, don't help us feel calm. And so it's really important to understand that while it's important that you choose people that will help you feel safe in a relationship, ultimately it is not anybody else's job to help you feel safe other than your own. You need to start doing that work to feel safe in your own body now so that when you start dating, you won't be looking at this other person as a source of reassurance or validation, but you'll be learning how to do that on your own so you can show up healthier. When you put it like that, it makes so much sense. And I think one of the most profound statements that came out of episodes 38 and 39 that we did together on anxious attachment was that you only ever feel as safe as your last interaction if you have an anxious attachment style. What I think was really interesting when what you were saying there is that, of course, someone that you've only met once, twice, three times, of course, they are not going to be giving you that reassurance and validation that your anxious attachment style needs because you don't actually know that person. You have no relationship with them at that point. And that's the rational understanding of it. And I guess the irrational one is like, oh, I need this person to text me back to make me feel good, pick me to make me feel good, ask me on another date to make me feel good, et cetera, et cetera. But one thing that we don't talk about is, you know, how soon is too soon to be having that conversation? How quick is too quick? 
to be bringing it up because we do feel like we have to play it cool in the first parts of a relationship. And I know that we don't believe in playing it cool because that ultimately means suppression of reasonable emotional feelings and responses. How soon is too soon? Like, are we talking one week, one month? Like, when should you be having this conversation? It's not like anxious attachment is a terminal illness and you don't want to bring that up. You don't want to let that define who you are. So there's no hard and fast rule. But what I will say is this is not something you want to bring up in in the first few weeks, probably. Because if we come into a dating interaction or an early relationship saying, by the way, I have an anxious attachment, we don't know how the other person is going to interpret that. And while that's not our problem, really, we want to make sure there is time spent together. They will have seen you and spent time with you over a number of days or weeks. And so they have some experience of you. We want to make sure there is an emotional connection forming so that other person will feel comfortable enough to ask you more about what that means instead of just deciding what that means. So when we go through these six steps, we'll talk about what you should be focused on and what you should be communicating about. And then later on, you can drop in that you have an anxious attachment. But I would say don't lead with that because that doesn't sum up who you are and you don't want it to sum up who you are. I love that. And I also think it's so important. Like what I've learned through going to therapy is someone doesn't deserve access to like the deeper parts of you until they're really worthy of them. And I think that when I was younger, I would just say things or tell people things about my past loves or my heartbreak, my childhood or my parents or my family dynamics. And then I'd leave the date and I'd be like, fuck, like, why did I do that? Like, it feels horrible. I just like, they didn't receive it in the way that I would have wanted them to make me feel like I was sharing safely. And I think that that's one of the dangers that can happen with that. If you go in and you say, hey, have an anxious attachment style and like, you know, this feels good for me, but this doesn't feel good. And then they just turn around and they just like either ghost you because they're emotionally immature or they don't hold space or they're not able to be interested in it from a place of compassion and interest. I think it can make you feel even more shit. And then I think it can make you feel even more ashamed of having an anxious attachment style. So the first piece is being intentional about who you're choosing and how you're showing up. Yeah. So when we talk about intentional dating, it means that we are clear on what it is we want and deserve. And most importantly, what a healthy relationship and a healthy partner looks like and feels like. And so intentionality means that you are clear about choosing someone who is a healthy partner. The most important thing early on in a dating relationship is building trust, building emotional connection, gathering information about each other. So that self-awareness piece, knowing, especially if you have anxious attachment, how does that lead you maybe to have poor boundaries or to show up in ways that are not the healthiest in your relationship? And you're working on that. So that is the first piece is being intentional about who you're choosing and how you're showing up. You watch behavior slowly over time. You experience that person. And also you are working on being a healthy partner. So the most important thing early on in a dating relationship is building trust, building emotional connection, gathering information about each other, forming that friendship that is going to be the foundation of any healthy relationship. So if you're not feeling 
closer to this person, if you're not feeling safe with this person to have deeper conversations, that intimacy is not developing. And again, you, you, you look at the other person, but you also look at yourself. Am I staying on the surface? Why am I scared of having these conversations? And it could be that, that person is incapable of it or is not making us feel safe. It could also be something within us that is scared to take it to a deeper level. Sometimes with anxious attachment, we're so focused on being chosen and being pleasing and keeping the relationship going that we veer away from having conversations that might be uncomfortable or might make the other person feel uncomfortable. So we have to ask ourselves that question too. Not only does everyone deserve all of those things, like consistency, integrity, honesty, communication, but someone with an anxious attachment style really needs those things as a baseline foundation of a relationship. Are you aware of that as you are dating? When you're going on dates with people, are you thinking about that? Or are you just thinking about, are they picking me? Are they texting me back? And then the panic that kind of comes with that. So I think let's not stick around if there's a lack of those things like straight up. And we're going to come into that, you know, how to communicate when maybe things don't feel good for you and what the right time is to do that. But I think the next stage of this six-part process that Dr. Terry has put together is taking responsibility for it and internally acknowledging that this new person who doesn't know much about you at all probably will trigger you. So part two, like you said, is about taking responsibility for the fact that you have this anxious attachment. Dating anyone is probably going to trigger you. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel nervous because dating in the beginning is a bit uncertain. We don't know which connections are going to keep going and which ones aren't. We're not inside the head of the other person or the heart of the other person. Taking responsibility means that you know you're probably going to get triggered. You're going to get that racing heart, the you know, fear-based beliefs, and you'll want to do whatever protest behaviors you typically do. And instead of doing that, you're going to notice that you're triggered and you're not going to rely on that person early on to reassure you because it's a little bit too soon. And we're talking like the first couple of weeks. And some people feel when they have an anxious attachment, that it's the other person's job to make sure that they feel safe. Like he or she can't communicate or they're not texting me enough. In reality, you're dating a very different person than yourself. And you can't expect that that person is going to be like you and have the same texting preferences as you. So taking responsibility really means talking to friends, soothing yourself in the in those really early stages, the first couple of weeks, instead of asking for more or using protest behaviors or judging the other person as like cold or unkind. And we'll talk about curiosity later and the importance of that. But I just want everybody listening who has an anxious attachment to understand that it is not the other person's job early on or really ever to keep you feeling safe all the time. Because if we're relying on anything outside of us to keep us feeling safe, it's not going to last. It's going to be an exhausting job. We have to, at the same time, be working on learning how to keep ourselves feeling calm and safe and how to reset our nervous system and center and calm ourselves when we get triggered. 
Does that make sense? sense? And I think it ties back to what happened in episode 38, where, you know, we basically recorded me like mid landslide about to have an anxious attachment spiral because my now boyfriend at the time, we had only been dating for a few weeks. And I basically said to him like, oh, let's grab coffee before you go to work. And he was like, yeah, you know, I have some stuff to do, like maybe. And me with a anxious attachment style was like, oh my God, I just got rejected. Oh my God, that's so embarrassing. Oh my God, he also doesn't want to see me. Why doesn't he want to see me? Maybe he spent too much time with me. Oh my God, maybe he's going off me. Maybe this isn't going to be anything. And at that point, it was too early in the relationship to communicate with him what had happened because it was such an objectively reasonable thing that had happened. Like, you know, we said it was oh, I have some things to do. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have time. But the anxiously attached takes that as like, oh, no, no, there are other things that are more of a priority than you, that are more important than you, that I want to spend more time on than you. And instead, I came on a podcast and spoke to 100,000 people about my landslide, which obviously most people don't have the crazy opportunity to do. But I think my point is like, yeah, in that moment, I took responsibility and I spoke with a therapist. And if I hadn't jumped on the podcast, I would have spoken with a friend, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that brings us quite nicely to part three of your process, which is communication around the importance of consistency and communication, but without referring to the anxious attachment style. And that is something that has been so revolutionary to learn from you. So I'd love it if you could give us your tips and tricks on the third part of the process. Yeah. So part three, like you said, is communicating with this person the things that you find attractive and the things that are important to you. Namely, and if these things aren't things you've communicated about or didn't even know you need to look for, I'm telling you now, the the two things that you really need to emphasize are consistency and communication. And so those are things when you have an anxious attachment style that are going to help you feel safe. But those are things that everybody should be giving and receiving in a healthy relationship. Those are two of the 12 qualifiers of a healthy partner. So you communicate about, you know, what's really important to me in my relationships are consistency and communication because I, you know, I'm working on myself. I'm trying to be a healthy partner and I know healthy relationships have those two qualities. And then you ask the other person, how do you feel about those two things? right? So it's not a one-sided conversation. You then open up the conversation. Let's talk about it. I'm obsessed with this. When I used to date, I would never have conversations like these pre-therapy. I'd be like, just going to be the cool girl. If I'm just chill, then like they'll fall in love with me. If I'm sexy, they'll want to sleep with me. Like, no, that is literally not how intentional dating works. If you want a relationship, this is a very, very important part of the process, which is communicating what's important to you. This doesn't have to be intense. It's just a part of the conversation. Yeah. So you should be talking about like how you find consistency and communication attractive and important from the beginning. It could be on the first date, could be before the first date, could be on the second date. But You want to just put that out there because you're also setting the stage to say, I'm willing to talk through things. It's important to me. I'm willing to have uncomfortable conversations. I'm going to tell you how I feel. And I really value that from you too. So you're setting up the safety in the relationship. So after that, again, there's no hard and fast timeline. You've got to gauge your own internal feeling. But at some point, 
if you've had these conversations about consistency and communication and those things are happening in the relationship, because if those things are not happening in the relationship, this is not a safe and healthy relationship that's going to be able to build on itself. But if things are going well, then at that point, you can drop into a conversation. I love the way you brought it up. Hey, do you know what your attachment style is? Have you ever thought about it? Um, and then you could just say, yeah, you know, I, I figured out I have an anxious attachment, which, you know, isn't the most fun, but I'm working on it because I really want to be the healthiest person and partner I can be. And hopefully they'll be curious about that. Like, what does that mean? Or you can just let them know, you know, what that means is sometimes small things make me feel scared or anxious. And I know that's not your responsibility. It's my responsibility. But this is just something you should know about me because we're getting closer. But again, you want to take responsibility for it. Don't make a big deal about it, but just say, you know, we're getting to know each other. So this is part of me and I'm working on it. And I'm really excited about working on it. I think this is where our script is going to come in perfectly. Like we have literally written you guys the script to have this conversation so that it can be lighthearted, it can be relaxed, it can communicate the important things about the anxious attachment style without it becoming too serious, without it becoming too stressful, et cetera, et cetera. Because I think you can get really panicked when you're trying to have a conversation about something like this. And then I think that you become really flustered or it becomes really intense or you're talking for ages and they're not saying anything and then you keep talking and then you're like, oh my God, this is like so awkward and huh. And then you have a bit of a meltdown and then because you have an anxious attachment style you're then like oh my god they, they're never going to speak to me ever again I've scared them off I'm not the cool girl anymore so I think this script is, is going to help everyone so much I also just want to go back a step and say that Lisa Smith mentioned once on one of our other podcasts which I know that Dr. Terry is hugely aligned with is that it's not unreasonable to have reasonable needs and I just want to share an example here because I have like a big thing around people saying they're going to do things and then not doing them. It's something that I've only really become aware of like in the past few months. And I've been blessed to be given the vehicle of my boyfriend to be able to learn this lesson and we're navigating it together. And I say that positively because every relationship is a vehicle to ultimately show you the pain points that you still have to work on. So what I realized is if someone says that they're going to do something and they don't, I absolutely hate it. Like I, I really hate it. I feel so let down. I need the consistency of them doing what they said. So there has been like once or twice that my boyfriend would say he'd do something and he didn't because he was busy, whatever. I fully get that. But early on in the relationship, I remember my boyfriend, when we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend said to me, I'll text you when I get to work. Okay. He didn't text me when he got to work. Now, as someone with an anxious attachment style, you're obviously sat there being like, oh my God, I can see that you're online, maybe because he was having work conversations, whatever. And actually to just navigate that gently when you're in a safe place with someone is really, really, really important. And I did. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I acknowledge how that made you feel. I won't do it again. But a couple of weeks in, I would never have brought that up because at that point, like we've said in, in parts two and three, that was my responsibility to calm and to self-soothe and to objectively say, he left me 45 minutes ago. I'm pretty sure on the journey, he hasn't fallen out of love with me, decided he's not attracted to me anymore. All of these things that we tell ourselves. So I love that about the communication point and how important it is to, to deliver it from the positive side rather than like when 
when you don't do this, it makes me feel like this. So I love that part for communicate and yeah, communicate about it positively with excitement. Yeah. And I, I love that example because sometimes when we have an anxious attachment, the person that we're dating doesn't feel free because we read into everything. We interpret everything. It's like we are so dependent on their cues and we will evaluate negative cues as negative. We will evaluate neutral cues as negative and sometimes even positive cues as negative. So as you're further into the relationship, you can, like you said, you can bring it up and say, for example, because of my anxious attachment, when you said you would text me and you didn't, I got worried. And you can kind of laugh at yourself a little bit and say, I know that's nothing to really be worried about, but that's what my anxious attachment does sometimes. And you're not saying to them, so always text me when you get to work, but you're letting them in on how your brain works, letting them know it's not their responsibility to always cue it up for you in exactly the way that you want it. But also if they have compassion for you, they're conscious now of how your brain works and how sensitive you can be sometimes. So I love that example. And again, like the reminder is that you shouldn't be jumping to stage four, like telling them these things until you know that this is someone that you want to invest in, that you know this is someone you want to maybe build something with until you know they're a safe person for you to have this conversation with. You know that they're kind and compassionate. You know that you can self-regulate where reasonable. Because I think it's so important what Dr. Terry said. This isn't about queuing them up. So they message you every single morning when they get to work because they know that if they do that every single morning, then you will feel good because that is actually some level of like manipulation, control. What are your thoughts on that? Is that like the foundations of actually an unhealthy relationship? Yes. In our relationships, we need to feel free, right? Doesn't mean we don't have boundaries in our relationship. But if you are telling your partner, hey, I'm dependent on these things that you need to do for me, they're not free. They're not going to feel free and they're not going to feel attracted to you over a long period of time because they're going to feel like they're in prison. So again, that's why it's so important to start working on healing your anxious attachment now so you can enjoy the benefits of a relationship without that dependency that we often feel on someone else. That is not healthy. So important about feeling free in a relationship. And I think that in many relationships in my life, when I was younger, we didn't feel free. We were maybe controlling each other. And as part of a healthy, intentional relationship, we're not going to do that anymore. So I think that's a really, really important point. So this brings us to part five of Dr. Terry's incredible six-stage process on how to handle your attachment style when dating. And part five is watch and see, baby. So what do you mean by watch and see? That means our job is to communicate how we feel, what we need. And then we watch and see what happens. And we should be doing this the whole time as we're getting to know someone. We don't make attempts to control. We don't teach someone how to be consistent and a good communicator. We don't teach someone how to be a good partner. We communicate what's important to us and what's healthy for us. We ask them, how do you feel about that? And hopefully they're being honest and saying, yeah, that sounds good. I agree. And then we watch the behavior. That's it. 
And if they are not following through on those consistent communication patterns like they said they would, and you're not feeling good in the relationship, that's a red flag. A lot of people, instead of acknowledging like, hey, I'm not feeling good in this relationship, he or she is not consistent, he or she does not communicate with me, especially with an anxious attachment, we start acting out. But that is not what anybody who is a healthy partner should be doing or anybody in a healthy relationship should be doing. They state what they need, watch what happens, and then we'll go to step six. But the watch and see means you basically just pay attention and be honest with yourself about what's happening in the relationship. I think the watch and see is so important. And you're right. I just think when you're anxiously attached, you do not do that. You are so almost preoccupied by them and what they're doing when they're messaging you, when they're online on WhatsApp, whether they've read your message on iMessage, whether they've posted to their Instagram stories, whether they're going to ask you for another date, like all of these things that are outside of you. And I'm gesticulating a lot here because you guys can't see the video, but like, I feel very passionate about this because like we have all been there There's nothing to be ashamed about, but it's all focused outside of ourselves. And what we need to do is bring it back in and just for a hot second, take a look at what they're doing. Dr. Terry is right. Watch and see what happens when you don't try and guide them or teach them or control them. What happens when you give them feedback? Do they take it on board or do they just ignore it and just continue the same cycle? Or do they like totally poo-poo you and be like, that's so dramatic. You know, what happens when you just take a step back and put your hand on your chest and you breathe in and you just take a moment for yourself? I think sometimes we are so overwhelmed by the fear of if they don't pick me or choose me, then I'm going to be on my own. What if they don't ask me on another date? All of the dates are going to have been like wasted and oh my God, everyone else is getting married. We spiral so quickly. And actually when we just slow down for a second and come back into our bodies, into ourselves, there's a lot of value that we can take in here because we, we really own our power. And I think with the anxious attached, we give that power away a lot. So step six, take action. Let's talk through what you mean by taking action. Is that take action if it's positive? Is that take action if it's negative? Both. So if the relationship is not consistent, there isn't good communication, it's really triggering your anxious attachment, despite your best efforts to self-soothe and you do your part, you need to get out of that relationship. Because you're probably with an avoidantly attached person or somebody who's not interested in being consistent, you know, consistent in effort or communication. So get out of that relationship. Don't keep trying to make it work because your anxious attachment is telling you, oh, I I don't want to be alone or I want to be chosen or, you know, those are probably old patterns of yours. So take action in one sense means get out of the relationship if it's not working. But on the other hand, if things are going well, I want you to take the action of focusing on the positive and really just relishing in it and enjoying it because that is what you should be doing while you're dating and in a relationship is enjoying it, soaking it all in, being so grateful for this new connection you have with someone that is developing. 
And sometimes an anxious attachment leaves us stuck in so much fear, we forget to enjoy the relationship and remind ourselves, there's nothing wrong here. Things are actually going really well. There's a lot for me to enjoy, to look forward to, to be grateful for. We'll talk about this in the course and the PDFs that are available. But that gratitude for what is actually happening is so important. And that actually helps rewire the brain away from that anxiety and fear that the anxious attachment constantly wants to remind us of. But if the relationship is not consistent, there isn't good communication, it's really triggering your anxious attachment, don't keep trying to make it work. So take action, get out of the relationship if it's not working. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I think actually like the perfect place to wrap up this episode, which is exactly that. Like having an anxious attachment style can be so stressful, but ultimately dating should be about sort of excitement of, oh, I'm going to meet this person. Like maybe this could be something amazing. And it's okay if it's not, like it doesn't need to be the end of the world because one day you're going to go on a date with someone and that is going to be the last first date for probably the rest of your life. And I love thinking about that. Like, I think it just brings a little bit of excitement to this process. Like you have no idea what's going to happen. And I think that's just so important, bringing the positive into this, like getting excited for going on a date, getting excited to get dressed up, to pick your outfit, to get excited to look at the menu for where you guys are going for dinner. You know, whatever it is that makes you feel sexy, cute, handsome, excited. I think bringing that into this is great as well. So I, I think that's so important you know, taking action when it's negative to leave, knowing that someone out there is so healthy and going to be so excited to meet you and and be your partner that when you tell them about your anxious attachment style, they're going to say, honey, it just makes me love you more. And that for anyone that's listening who thinks bullshit, I'm going to tell you, I thought bullshit too, because all the damn avoidant men that I dated, they would never say anything like that. And then I met this guy, honey, I love you more for it. Nothing you could tell me could ever make me love you less. And I'm like, that is love. So for anyone listening, there are secure men and women out there that will make you feel calm, welcomed, and safe. Yes, dating doesn't always make you feel that way. But remember, you are dating because one day you're going to meet the person that's going to make you feel like that. I just want to say I love that you said that because that's what everybody should be looking for. We should be able to be our full selves and we have to love ourselves. And then we find the person who also can love us that fully. Amazing. So yeah, for everyone that took value from this episode, there is even more value in these PDFs. I know that everyone's going to take such value in them, particularly the statements at the end of each section that we put together that you can literally repeat to yourself as affirmations to start to get that conscious mind understanding the truth of what is going on to offset and battle the wiring of that anxious attachment is a really good place to start. So we hope you love the PDFs. We are so excited for this to be the beginning of so much more. Again, stay tuned. This course is coming soon. It's going to rock your socks. That's literally what like a 90-year-old would say. It is going to rock your socks though. It is going <laughs> to it is going to really be amazing. So, Dr. Terry, thank you. I love you. 
And for everyone with an anxious attachment style, we love you too. You are not alone. And we will see you next episode. Thank you. Bye. Love you, Bye. Love you too, Louise.